BOK Sports 980 is sponsored by Fresh Rose Clothing. Check out the new collection at freshrose.co. You are now tuned to the other side with BOK Sports 980. Welcome back. You are now tuned into the other side, the other side of sports. BOK Sports 980. As you can hear, young, I, this is not my very white voice, young. This is the jump. Feel like, yeah. Feel like Logan caught me in the corner, gave me the, the E Honda hands in my stomach. My head hurt. Yeah, I'm out here. I'm really putting my life on the line out here for this, for this, uh, this, this sports culture, young. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm out here, dog. But we we got D, we got Jeff, we got Earn. Yeah, we in the building. Yeah, uh, young. Speaking of life on the line, did y'all see the uh, the get out jump? Yeah, that jump was vicious. Saw that the they came out. That jump was like that, dog. It, now, if you ain't see the get out jump, then you need to get out now. Like, just get out of the, of the chat because spoilers are all, all coming. That's right. You already know. Come on, on man. You want to spoil the joint? Because people ain't going to see it if you spoil <laughs> That jump went out for a while, though, so. That's what I'm saying, you okay. This jump, 10 out of 10 Jeff, you seen it, too? Yeah, yeah, I seen it. You know, oh. you know that it's been out for a minute if I caught that jump. Right, right. I thought I was getting ready to say. The fact that you said that statement, let me know you saw it right away. I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the jump, what, yeah, the jump is vicious, though. It's it's such a deep movie. It's, uh, I don't think, you know, you know, I was telling somebody, it, it kind of had a Spike Lee feel to it. It just was missing out. It was just missing the one scene where, where the camera, like, fought. <laughs> What? No, no, no. This Dre was borderline genius. Not taking anything, <laughs> not taking anything from Spike, but this has nothing like a Spike Lee touch on the Dre. I thought I thought it had a Spike Lee feel to it. I thought I thought it. I mean, don't get it twisted. The movie was way better than what Spike Lee, you know, what I'm saying, has done. I, I, I think he could only imagine to do something this great because the jump was flawless. It mixed. I'm, comedy yeah. and thriller together flawlessly. I just, I mean, I've never seen that done before. But ho, but ho, ho. In fairness, like we, we could maybe say what Spike has done as uh, of late. Like, let's not talk about movies like you know X and you know what I mean. Things on the throwback tip. So you let know me, what I mean. Let, I just want to throw that in. Let me change my statement a little bit. So not that, not about the quality of the movie. Like this movie was so much better than the Spike Lee movie. What I mean to say is the little subtle intricacies are so much different from Spikes in the messages because Spikes, everything is so blatant. Like right. from the beginning to the end, it's the messages, right, it's so blatant. This, The way they did this, the reason I say it was so genius because like once you get to the end and figure out what happened, this is one of those movies where you have to go back again so you can pick up on every message that you missed or like little signal or like foreshadowing that they kind of yeah, you, you, put out. You gotta go back. You gotta right. go back. This joint, we you know, this articles written about it, all the symbolism that's in it. Like you know, it, that joint just takes it up to ninety nine. Like because after you watch it, and then you know with all the all the dialogue around it, it's like it's so much stuff you you would have missed. Like you almost gotta see it two times to just to really catch everything. Um, John is a phenomenal movie, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And I think I think it probably helped, uh, you know, Jordan Peele, the fact that he's uh, interracial, because even though, you know, it's things uh, that obviously all of us know, but sometimes like the nuances and stuff like can be missed on, you know, someone who doesn't technically come from both worlds or intermingle consistently in both worlds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it was a great film, man. I, the trailer didn't divulge at all what the movie was about. And when I saw the trailer initially, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to see that joint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went and, I, and I went to go see it. I was like, wow, this is nothing what I expected at all. Like the movie had you guessing the whole time, like what was really going on. And it wasn't until the very end where you started to see what was actually going like to the very end of the movie where it started like coming together what was actually happening because up until that point you didn't know you could speculate but it was hard to like really understand what was going on until then I was like wow that was a slick way of doing a home film 
Um, I think too the fact that the the bar was kind of low for it. Like I, I didn't have like high expectations about the movie, and it wasn't until I saw it that I was like, wow, it kind of like surprised me. And I think that's why it came off to be such a great film. And now it's like the number one film in America. Like everybody's going to go see it. John, John was genius. John was genius. Uh, speaking of what's going on and finding out what, what's happening, what's going on in Washington right now, dog? Is Scott, is he on, is he in AA meetings or what, what's going on, yeah? Because there's all these swirling reports. All the, you know, I, 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 it sounds like slander. I feel like we've been here before. And the Redskins about to botch the best thing that happened to our franchise in the last three Ever. decades. Ever with this whole Scott McLuhan thing, though. What, what's going on, though? Aaron, please tell me what's going on with this. It sounds like this is kind of the the guesstimation aftermath after that Chris Cooley uh, kind of implication that Scott McLuhan was drinking again. So now everybody kind of assumes that's what's going on. And to be honest, from the outside looking in, the way things are kind of operating, it's almost no other explanation for what's going on because free agency starts yeah. today at 12 and they're saying Eric Schaefer is taking the calls from the agents instead of Scott McGloin. I mean I'm glad that Bruce Allen isn't taking the calls and doing the negotiating but at the same time the whole reason we brought Scott McGloin in because he's like a savant like his football mind is absurd compared to everybody else we have in the building so it's a little hard to figure out what's going on without, um, especially with the team not divulging anything. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy time to not be in the building, bro. How you gonna not be in the building? And the free agency period just started, and y'all have like fifty eight million dollars to spend. Y'all got plenty of cash, and he's deciding again. There, it may be some truth to what Cooley is saying because didn't didn't McLuhan's wife come out and say what what was alleged was not true about right. his drinking? Right. They, she said, well, Chris Russell came out and said that he got sent home on the 20th of February and told not to come back. What? Um, his wife went on Twitter and said, that's a lie. That's not what happened. And uh, Mike Jones, who I think works for the Washington Post, came out and said, well, he was told to go home and take care of his family situation or that he's at home taking care of a family situation. And he'll be back as soon as it's taken care of. And then his wife came out again and said, that's the accurate report. Okay. So... So, yeah, like, uh, if y'all could fill me in, like, it's been a whirlwind. Like, I, I kind of know, obviously, that he hasn't been around, but, like, the drinking and all that type of theory and those things are new to me. And, of course, I don't get, you know, uh, the Cooley or none of them, the shows up here. So, like, what's the whole, like, what are they trying to say? Like, it's a a, a situation of uh, of your man uh, Sarkeesian type of deal? Like, they trying to say, like, he's alcoholic or... Yeah, because he was out of football before because he had a drinking issue. Because remember, he was with uh, San Fran, and they were killing. Then he was with Seattle, and they were killing as far as the talent coming in. So he's almost like what appears to be one of the best football minds as far as evaluation in football. For him to be completely out of football, and his job was basically coming up with scouting reports and just selling them to teams from the outside looking in. People are like, what's going on? But he, he was like a certified alcoholic to where he basically couldn't be around facilities. So he Good. said he had taken care of that issue when he ended up being brought on to the Redskins. But so people, everybody's assuming the fact that he's away just means he's back to drinking. That's the only thing people can picture that kind of makes sense because right. this is the time of year where the GM has to be around. Right. That's right. You already and know. And that's the combine. And wasn't it also too that Cooley was saying that because he hasn't signed Kirk Cousins to an extension that he may be drinking again or something like that. <laughs> that was the anger. For... <laughs> That's how it all it's started. Ridiculous. It's obvious what's being done out here. It's on a nightly basis. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here. Because it's but getting we gotta ridiculous. keep in mind that's how Cooley sometimes like this is his mo. Whenever he wants to get a message out there, he'll basically say something and pretend like he doesn't know, but he works in the Redskins facility. Like right. he's paid by the Redskins. So when he right. tries to act like, oh, I'm just a radio guy, I'm guessing there's no facts. I'm just, and, it's his way and, of kind of release. And Snyder uh, own, owns that station. So like, you know, you, you, you got, you coming from two different sides of it. Like you said, working in the facility and for the station that, that he, that Snyder owns. So it's right. no, really no way around it. None, nonetheless, I'm troubled, dog. I'm troubled. 
this guy is the best thing that happened to the Redskins ever. And somehow, some way, we botch it. Somehow, back to four and 12, we go. Kurt Jones is a debacle. Everything, it's just, I don't know how in one offseason everything just fall apart, though. Like, we can't. Then they give Jay Gruden an extension. Where they do that at, though? And it was so and it was so unnecessary too. Like he yeah, still he had two, two years. Yeah. He had two years and give him two so, years. Yeah, so I was with y'all initially, but last night I was thinking about it and it's kind of two situations that popped into my head that would explain why they did that and also maybe why I might be okay with it. So with this being Jay Gruden's last year before or I guess he got a year coming up and then his last year. He kind of has the mindset where he has to win now. And Kirk, it's in his best interest to have Kirk Cousins be the quarterback, given there's a lot of uncertainty if Kirk ends up moving on. This two-year extension might give him a little more leeway and flexibility with being okay with Kirk not being the starter and not necessarily having to take a step forward as far as wins next year. I was going to say, okay. I, I hear you, but like, like to me... Like, you could still do, you know, one without the other. And what I mean is, like, if the the front office really believes that Gru is still a good coach, then, you know, you can wait. And it don't matter whether Kurt's going to be here or not. You, you're cool with Gru moving forward with wh- whoever, you know what I mean, that the next quarterback would be. So, you know, if you convey if you convey that message to him, like, that you have all the, uh, the utmost confidence in him moving forward... I don't really think it's necessary because at the end of the day, we know those, the front offices lie to you anyway. They tell you one thing and then you be out the door the next. And that's for anybody that's under, you know, that's a head coach player or whatever. So like, I hear what you're saying, but I just still don't feel like that just because of that. Like you had to give them an extension. If you really truly believe that he could get the job done as a head coach. Right. But you got it from the team standpoint, that makes perfect sense. But you got to look at it from Jay Gruden's standpoint as well. You've already seen how they operate behind the scenes with leaking stuff kind of in a separate, uh, like, compartmentalized from management, basically leaking their own stuff through uh, Chris Cooley and Sean McVay. So, I mean, I don't know. They also reported last night that Jay Gruden doesn't love Kirk Cousins either. Like, he, he likes him, but he doesn't love him. Nah, that's... Wait, wait, that's, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, no, no. Man, that came stop. from two different people inside the building. I mean, I don't care, but this goes to what you're saying about I the propaganda, though. So I don't care what they're saying. Like, my actions and my eyes and what I've seen since they, the two of them been together tell me tell me otherwise. Would you, would, right. you wouldn't agree with that? But you the part you can't, like, let out of the situation or the conversation is winning in the NFL. If you don't win, you get fired. Right. Kirk Cousins gave him the best chance to win. He has had a lot of success with Kirk Cousins. So there's, I'm not saying he doesn't like Kirk or he feels like I feel about Kirk. He likes him. He doesn't love him the way the media will have you believe that Jay Gruden is so tied to Kirk and wants everybody to pony up to 24 million. That's what I'm saying. And two separate people with direct conversations with people inside the building reported that last night on an out-of-market TV show. So, so, well, this is going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I mean, free agency starts. You got a lot of different things. The draft's coming up. Um, a lot of different things. Uh, have y'all been watching the, uh, the Combine stuff? Yeah, yeah. I definitely watched the Combine. Well, and, yeah, who 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 catch your eye though? Who catching your eye with that, John? I seen some four two twos. Oh yeah, he's talking about yeah, John John Ross, the wide receiver from Washington. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's my new superstar. Two, two, that's, that's that's elite elite speed right there. Only problem yeah. with John Ross is uh, I haven't looked at any game film yet. This is just plainly just going off some other stuff. Is that he has a problem with staying healthy and. Shortly after he ran that that four two two, he pulled up and it was grabbing his calves. Talking about he had a calf injury, and then he already had a shoulder injury, and I think he just got surgery today on that. So, yeah, it's I mean, but run he a four two two. You said what? No, nah, I was gonna say. I mean, I hear you, but he did play the uh, oh yeah all the last did. year. 
So yeah, he, I mean, he, he was there, and he caught he caught seventeen touchdowns. So now, I mean, I feel what you're saying. I, I just don't. To me, like he he's still not. He's a, he's a, he's not really a big guy like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like friend. he reminds me of uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the one out Arizona. Nah, oh, the, uh, John John Brown. Yeah, John Brown. That's that's who like he he reminds me of or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we'll see, but. I don't know. I'm always, I'm always like, uh, like weary of like the smaller, super fast guys because, like, most of the time, outside of like Deshaun Jackson, like you can't, you can only do but so many things with them. You know what I mean? You try to put them in all these different schemes and like gadget plays and to get them in space, but right. you can't say line up and go make a play. You know what I mean? For most of them. Cause that's how I feel too. Cause I feel like D. Jax is the only one that's really been successful at it. Right. Because you have, I mean, what's the name did pretty good in Carolina? Uh, not last year, the year before last. Tay again. Tay again at Ohio State. I mean, but he's he, six feet. Yeah, he is six right. foot. But he has a small frame. What about the kid from uh, now? The kid from the Rams. He ain't, he hasn't done well. Austin. Yeah, I yeah, think he's Tay a gadget. Austin, Tay, yeah, he's a gadget guy. And then you have. The other guy that was with Seattle, um, when they drafted him, uh, goodness, uh, his, his name was drawing a blank. And then he, he went broke, to the Jets. He broke his leg. Oh, no, nah, you talking about Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. So those are, another, those are guys that are just like that straight line speed type type guys. It's hard to like find plays. But right. I think he's I think he's a better receiver than them though. I mean, he, 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 he may be, but it's just like you said, like those type of guys is typically – they might have like one good year, but they're not consistently going, you know, year in and year out. You know what I mean? Because either they're going to get banged up because they're not big to begin with, um, you know. And, and like I said, they just can't really consistently get open because of their size. But I mean, you, you you might be right though. I think he might have better upside than some of those other guys, but I'm still always weary of it. Yeah, you know especially what? with the shoulder surgery. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, what I will say about him, I know we kind of a week early uh, on the wide receivers. But if, once you watch his his, his games, D, you are gonna right. see Deshaun Jackson when you're watching him. Okay, like, his ability to track the ball like in the air, like yeah. a six four yeah, six five the, receiver. The Bama nice though. He has great ball skills. He has good lateral movement for a guy that runs that fast. Like most of those fast guys, like you said, the straight straight line. ahead. But no, yeah. he had, he has the shiftiness and everything. You're gonna be like, this dude is like a faster Deshaun Jackson, and he's a okay. little bit bigger. So I mean, that's for next week, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I say it's normally the case, but he's not a gadget guy, trust me. Okay, okay, I got yeah. you. Right, now that's the, what I say too. Now the other guy, Obi Mela Melafowu, I can't even pronounce that last name. But that the guy from Connecticut, the safety. 6'4, like 220. All African. Bruh, all bruh, the Joker jumped 44 inches in the vertical and was mad. How you be upset at 44 inch vert? He probably did the 46 when uh that joint, you know what I mean, when he was he practicing. Had <laughs> he had to. Only be blown together. Could he have 44? He looked at the judge. He said 44. The band was like, ah. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you serious? Then he, and then he ran like a 4-4, four, four, something like that, a sub 4-4 four, four on top of that. 4-4 four, four flat, 4-4-0 four, four, out there. Six Bruh, foot four. Six foot four. And then he had a crazy broad jump. I mean. Put him at receiver. I drafted him and put him at receiver immediately. Hey, Aaron, he's extending like his draft spot. He's gonna be like Byron Jones. Remember Byron Jones when Dallas drafted him in the first round? You know, he was like kind of an unknown commodity, and then like he went to the combine, showed off, and then Dallas drafted him really early. And everybody's like, ah, that could have been a reach, but he's actually shown that his athleticism translated to the field. Uh, Well, you can't be six four and be this ridiculous. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's only ever since like I feel like Javon Kirst was like the first one around that size. But ever since him, it's just like it's just like second nature for these guys, these athletes to be like freakishly, you know, (laughs) like putting up these type of stats, though. It just doesn't really make sense. Like it's like, how is this humanly possible? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's crazy. I was surprised until I saw his last game. He's an idiot. Oh, man. Right, that's what we got to say about that. So what about these running backs out here? Oh, oh bro. Yeah. I know. Give me the breakdown, D. Give me the breakdown. <sighs> I think, okay, so for Nett, he came into the 
to the to the combine. You know, okay, first of all, you know everybody knows Fournette did not Is play. he AP? Is he a new AP? Nah, nah, nah. He's not AP. No stretch of the imagination. But I'm gonna tell you this. Okay, so he didn't play in the Citrus Bowl because he was saying he was getting ready for the combine. So he opted not to play, and that was kind of a big deal. He showed up to the combine, 240 pounds. Normally he plays around like 230, maybe 235, but people are like, oh my goodness, he's 240. And he's, you know, he, he could be out of shape. 40 yard dash happens. Bama ran a 4 5 1. Jokers was like, Are you serious? To be six foot two, 240, and then run a 4 5 1? Like, people couldn't believe it. And when I looked at his game tape, I mean, everybody knows Fournette, man. I mean, the Joker runs like a, he's like a steamroller. He just runs through everything, bro, like a battering ram. Violent stiff arms. I mean, I mean, carries defenders. He has actually he has better bursts than what I expected. And he always falls forward, yeah. man. And when I look at him, he's definitely solidified probably the top running back spot for part of most teams um, in the draft because of just his raw power, you know what I'm saying, in, in the run game. I mean, crazy touchdown. I think he had, what, 22 touchdowns. Uh, so he shows he's a playmaker. He, you know, what I'm saying he can he can play the game of football. So, and so he's your top running back on the board, no question. You know man, what? I think I, that's a mistake. Man. I, you know what? Honestly, though, I, this is my problem. This is the only thing about ranking guys in the top. You know, people talk about what's your top rank at position. To me, it's all about what type of offense or defense your team runs. Depends yeah. upon how you value a player. Like me personally, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so I wouldn't want Fournette. As I wouldn't rate him number one. I'm gonna tell you who I think the best back is, and I, I you know, just in my out my eyes, I think it's it's unfortunate, but I still think Joe Mixon is the best running back. Like when I watch his game tape, this dude has natural running back. He's probably the best pure runner in the draft. Like, period. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't run the hardest. He doesn't. You know what I'm saying? But when you talk about jump cuts and 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 being patient, he almost has a little bit of Le'Veon Bell in him in terms of his patience when running the football and letting his block set up. And he does a great job of like decelerating. And then when he when he sees that that gap or in between the tackles or something, well, he hits that joint and he gone. You know what I'm saying? He's taking off. I mean, I think he was like top five in the nation and um, runs over 30 yards or plus. So it shows you that Despite he may not be as I think he's probably running like a four or five at his pro day in terms of his 40. But this guy, I think he has the best instincts out of all the running backs in terms of just pure running the ball. And he can catch. I mean, in the Texas Tech game, he caught a one-handed pass and got loose. So to me, I like Joe Mixon, but his pass is gonna be what's gonna hurt him. You know, it's gonna drop him down probably a lot of draft boards, maybe even off the draft, possibly. Yeah, see, to me, to me, it's still Cook, man. And I, I, I mean, I hear you on Mixon, but I don't think it's nothing that Cook can't do that Mixon can do. And he has, he has uh, more speed than him. I think he's caught the ball uh, more consistently. He's a complete back. Like I, 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 I'm a, you know, one might say I'm biased because I'm Florida State, but like, yeah, nah, that's I know, biased. yeah, you biased, but nah, but I said the same thing when I watched Ezekiel. I said the same thing, and this is early on. I said it about various positions. I said about Stafford as a freshman at Georgia. I mean, some people when you watch them play, they just they just stand out on the field, the court, whatever sport it is, they stand out. And like to me, ever since I've been watching Cook. You know, because he, he's been there three years and it's other running backs that have come. The only one that's come in that, you know, was better that I've seen was was um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Like everybody else, like to me, like as far as all around complete back. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. That's not taking anything away from those guys. Like, I oh, think I heard you say that. Yeah. yeah, I think Fournette is sick. But you know what I mean? That that style of running, like, you know what I mean? It, it, like, because like you say, he takes a lot of punishment. And, you know, when you get to the next level, like like those guys will put you out quick if you continue to run like that. And so I know he's a big dude, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're not invincible. And I think, with, like I said, with Cook's uh, ability to uh, protect the, uh, the quarterback because he's a good uh, pass blocker. Like I said, receiver out the field, uh, a game breaker with the speed and the cuts. I mean, I've just seen it all from him and I, I think he's oh going to be the top gosh, running back man. out of this class. 
Yeah, Mixon did have the ankle injury also towards the. Uh, I mean, Cook has injuries too. That bat might be getting hurt for, you know what I'm saying? He'd be battling injuries too. Check, check, check his numbers in the tape, man. And is he really is he is he really injured? You know what I'm saying? When you well, when you tally him up at the end at the end of the season. And I'm gonna tell you what, Mixon had more, I think, more receiving yards than than Delvin Cook did last year. He almost had 600 yards receiving. I mean, we, we had a true, we had a true freshman quarterback, which would which is which is funny because you would think that they would just throw him the ball, uh, like just dump it off, but. Like that can't go, you know, unnoticed when you when you when you're dealing with, you know, uh, obviously a quarterback passing the ball and making the reads to the dumps or, you know, whatever type of uh, the offense that that Fisher was running. Like like they we we kind of really throw the ball down more, but like he doesn't really dump it off. And and typically freshmen don't really check down. You know, young quarterbacks in general, even when you talk about moving to the next level, they don't really use their checkdowns like they should so I mean I think that's something because you got to think they had Mayfield or Baker Mayfield at uh, Oklahoma he's yeah, been there like three years so yeah. I mean just to throw that in there oh my gosh man Hold on, did, Harold, did, you, guys, Harold, did you want to comment or Harold did you want to comment on Mixon or or Fournette Mixon nice though if he ain't still that girl then Bama be at the top of the list but, yeah He'd be the top of the heat, but that's just my opinion, though. And I, I like them all, but I just, for me, I think he's the best pure runner. Aaron, do you have any any thought? Yeah, just about as far as Fournette goes, I think he's the only one that has that's a a, a play like a, a game changer, if I can say that. Dalvin Cook, like I agree with most of what Jeff said, but tying it to what D said is he his success is very dependent on the offensive coordinator because there are a lot of teams in this league that aren't going to spread your uh, running back out and let him play wide receiver or aren't going to throw a lot of those wheel routes and things like that that make him dynamic the way he was at Florida State. If you're going to have him line up in an eye formation and run him 25 times like behind the lineman, he's not going to look the way he did at Florida State. So for me, I feel like Leonard Fournette is the one that you can take in the first round or at least in the top 15 and feel like you're guaranteed as long as he's durable, because that's his biggest issue. He missed five yeah. games last year, and yeah, then he man. also missed one that he decided he just wasn't going to play in in the bowl game. So durability is his issue. I feel like he's the safest running back and the only one that has the potential to be a game changer. So I think that's why they refer to AP, but his ability is nowhere nah, near what AP Nothing is. like AP. To me, his, his running style is more like, uh, almost like a more athletic, Thank you guys who tune in to the BLK Sports 980 podcast, representing the DMV. Right quick, just want to encourage you to please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you also follow us at BLK Sports 980 on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. You can even email us your thoughts, show topics, and more at BLKSports980 at gmail.com. Last but not least, let's spread this word. Now back to our show. Laterally, Brandon Jacobs. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He's a big, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I will, I will probably put him more in that category, but not AP though. Who was the guy that uh, was with the Rams for all those years? They ended up with uh, the Patriots, with the Dreads. That was kind of like you know, like the Dreads. Broken. Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson. Jackson. He reminds me a lot of Stephen Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 probably a really good comparison. And I love Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is probably the new age running back. You know what I'm trying to say? Because he can catch and run and he can do it all. He's Freeman. But look at the yeah. situation Freeman yeah. is in. And I, right. I think, where. I, but I think I think he's better than Freeman, though. Like I said, I, I watch Freeman play, too. Like, I don't he's better than Freeman. Yeah, I think he's better than Freeman too. I think he's better better than Freeman, dog. I I mean, we obviously it's all only time's gonna tell, but but you know, you y'all are here for me when it's all said and done about it. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're right, though. Only if he's right. Only if you're right. Only if you're right, he gonna be copping. Please, if you're wrong. But that's why. But but that's why I'm telling you. Like I like I would stake I would stake the bread on it that I'm gonna be right. But like you said, we'll see. We'll see. But I I just still I still just think Mixon has the best pure running instincts, and you can't teach it. You can't teach running instincts. I, I agree with that. Instinctually, he's the by far, I feel like, the best. But I feel like his 40 time and also well, the situation is going to remove him from that's, that's the being problem. the guy right away. Right. He has to wait till his second contract almost, I feel like, to have the kind of success that he would have if he kept his hands to himself. 
Yeah, he can't be hitting young ends. He can't be tearing up parking tickets and throwing in no. Bama's faces. He got to chill. I, he has see, I, I, but I, I hear what you're saying on that, Aaron, but you got to think about how the NFL works. Like, you you literally only one play away from being there. So I don't think it'll even take, like, once he gets the opportunity, like, you know, to oh, get yeah. in once there. Once he cooks, like, it's over. They're going to forget about everything. Like Kobe Bryant. I hope so. Or what? But it's a new day. You know, when yeah. he has his first 100 yard game and they replay that tape on Sports they're Center. Gonna, yeah, they're going to do a, uh, what's that joint called? Uh, when they on ESPN? What? It's going to be another. Not, the not top 10 joints? Nah, when they do like the little documentaries. Oh, you're 30 oh. for 30. 30 for 30. Yeah, it's going to be a 30 for 30. I see E60. Yeah, or the E60 on that one. Yeah, that, the E60, they get all in depth on his upbringing and revisiting the tape you're with right. the camera in his face, interviewing him, his folks he grew up with. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, like, man, People yeah. being outraged all of a sudden, like it, like it just happened. Not, not that I condone it at all. What, what about Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara? Like, what are y'all seeing those dudes? All right, so McCaffrey. Let me just get him out of the way real quick. So McCaffrey feels disrespected because he's a white guy playing a skill position that's typically played by a black player. And he feels like, you know, he had a 2,000-yard rushing season and, you know, over 600 yards receiving and 13 touchdowns and total touchdowns and another 1,600-yard another season again and over 16 total touchdowns as a running back. And he feels as though if he was black, he would be probably more talked about and being in the top 10. Now, I went to the game tape. That's all. I don't care about what anybody says. I don't care who it is. NFL Network, ESPN, I don't care. I'm looking at for my own eyes. And what I saw, I can see why people are not putting him as a top running back. Because first of all, I know he ran like a four, what, four, four, five or something like that. Was it something like that? He ran a four, four, five or four, five or I think oh, he ran 4-4. I thought, yeah. I thought it was, yeah, 4-4 four, four, something. Something like, yeah, it was like a sub 4-4 four, four that he ran. And I was like, oh, he he ran he ran pretty good. But you look at the game tape, bruh, first of all, the Bama's lateral movement is not good. Not and, he's, and he's not real shifty. So whenever you see him make cuts, it's almost like all his speed stops. And then he has to read like... Like a like pump re- return. Yeah, he can't like... When you watch like Mixon or Dalvin Cook or even Kamara, when they make their cuts, they're still moving in full speed. They're not like losing all this momentum and speed to make their next move. He loses too much on the cuts. He has no lateral quickness. Um, he he doesn't have a burst either. Like coming to the hole, there's no, there's no, when coming between the tackles, I don't see no like pure acceleration going to the hole. And a lot of times, I, he doesn't seem patient. He'll just run into the pile a lot. Of, I'm like, what are you doing? You just run into the pile? And I just, for me, I could see why. And also, not a knock on him, but Stanford had a ridiculous offensive line. Let's just put it like that. Just one, you know what I'm saying? They're just one of those teams that always has good old lines, like Wisconsin. Like, their old line is always some of the best in the league, Alabama. You know what I'm saying? So, I just feel like, he, he is a great route runner. I give him that. I mean, his father is Ed McCaffrey, so, he, you know, his father was a wide receiver in the NFL, played for the Giants and some other teams. Um, Broncos, most notably. Yeah, that's when he really made his career. With yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he is a natural catcher, and it showed at the combine. Like, him catching the ball, he, it was almost, like, effortless. He wasn't even thinking about it. He has, like I said, with the 4-5, he has decent top-end speed. But... And he does well on like the only the play I see him really do good on is like the stretch play, like the run stretch. He does a good job of like doing that one cut downhill. But outside of that, if it's not like a big a big hole or a big lane, I, I, I just yeah. To me, he's yeah, Deion yeah. Lewis. I see him as Deion Lewis. That's the I, type of that, game that's he has. Him a lot. Go ahead. But yeah. I mean, he's a he's a he's a guy who can he can catch out of the backfield. You know, yeah, given the right system, he can he can be serviceable. He'd be a great uh, Patriots running back. Yeah, you can get him in, get him out in space. You know what I mean? But it's just like like you said, like from from uh, description, you're talking about like somebody that that's a Reggie Bush. That's not even a Reggie Bush. You know right. what I mean? So it's Reggie Bush without <laughs> Reggie Bush's athleticism, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and we know how Reggie Bush's NFL career has been like, obviously, particularly as a runner. You know, so. Um, like when you when when you're kind of getting measured up against these guys, like you said, um, 
that's just how it's going to be. I mean, now obviously, he could go out there and prove everybody wrong, but like right. you said, when you go to the tape, like, it's just, it's, it's, it is what it is. And he, he had a... Go ahead, Aaron, go ahead. He reminds me of the guy in uh, San Diego. Is it Brandon Oliver? He reminds me a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, Where it's yeah, like yeah. small yeah. frame, kind of can run between the tackles if there's a big hole. Because like Jarrell said, the holes he was running through, they look like Dallas O-line. Yeah. Um, against most of the teams he was playing. So a lot of his runs look like punt returns by the time he gets to the second level. Because it's basically him and one guy in the secondary, and he always takes the long route instead of making a quick cut or making a guy miss. He's basically trying to get to the sideline faster or get the angle versus putting a move on somebody to make a miss. Or So it's just, I mean, he's not a first-round player to me. I wouldn't think about touching him in the first round. I wouldn't either. And I, you would have to have a system where you would throw to the backs a lot, you know what I'm saying, to be able to, to get, like, the best out of him. Because that's where he really shines is in the receiving game, in my opinion. As a runner, he's good, but I just think if you don't have the O-line to open up the lanes for him, it, he's just going to run into the pile. <laughs> and that's no disrespect. I'm just... Pile runner. Yeah. Pile runner. Uh, uh, real quick, my sleeper, my sleeper running back is my man Alvin Kamara. Like, granted, he had limited starts and experience. He doesn't have a whole lot of carries and attempts. Um, he had two knee injuries um, as well. But... That boy's lateral movement is on 9999.9999. Like when he moves, it almost reminds me of Arian Foster, of how smooth his lateral movement is. It's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? He has enough 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 speed to get away. He didn't run a great 40 time, but again, I don't I don't put too much stock into the combine because I mean, how many times is somebody gonna be running with their hand in the ground and then running with no no pads on, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, 40 yards down the field. Like, so it, they need to yeah. change the combine 40 times, in my opinion, because it doesn't really tell really how a player is on the field. Because it's just... They ain't like, changing that, though. They yeah, get too many numbers watching that. I know, that, I know they do. Right, I know. Right. I, I understand. It's a business out here. <laughs> it's a big-time business. <laughs> <laughs> that whole, the whole John and Indy, you know, like everything going on around it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel you, though. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it should have always been, like, just to kind of, like, give you, like, okay, if this person, we already got them rated here, so it should either really boost them, but it shouldn't really hurt them too bad. Like if you, if you watch all of this film on a player for three, for three years, and then all of a sudden they, they have a, a bad combine workout in your mind. So you just erase for one day, you know what I mean? You erase what you saw three years of, uh, of uh, tape on. Tape, just doesn't yeah. Make, yeah. It just doesn't really make any sense to me. So like, I never understood it. That's just like how you had them, guys that have come out from come uh, from nowhere and had amazing combine performances and then when they got they got moved up in the draft and went high they didn't do anything in the league right so yeah Aaron what would you take on Alvin Kamara I want Aaron what would you take on Alvin did you did you look at any of his game film yeah as usual I agree with 95% of what you said <laughs> the um, the only issue I had was if your own coaching staff doesn't feel like you're the best player on the team like what's the reason I need to know why yeah because he, he was starting. splitting yeah he had, that's uh, the thing he had a game where he had six carries a game where he had three a game where he had two a game where he had eight a game where he had seven he only had a 103 carries the whole year the like whole 500 season. almost 600 yards but he still ran 5.8 so it's like the numbers like the production looks like it's there like the ability because 5.8 is that's really good for a running back uh, especially in the division he played in but to yeah, he paid have that many games where you're only rushing the ball six times, three times. It's like I would have to go back and see, did he get hurt in that game? Is that why he only had that many carries? Or was he just not necessarily always the best guy at that position? Did he have games where he didn't flash or he mentally he just wasn't in it? So that's yeah, kind of uh, what had me like think twice about taking him early. But like you said, the Bama's lateral quickness and like his, his just the smoothness in the flow and his like running back moves, it just – it would make you want to pull the trigger and be like, like if you get him behind Dallas O line, oh my like, god, this Bama could be crazy. <laughs> but at the same time, I just have to have answers to those questions before I could do that in the first round. Yeah, I like I like the the uh, Arian Foster comparison. That, that's a, that's a good one. Um, moving on, 
How about them wizards? Them wizards are frying. <laughs> you frying. was going on them last week. Yeah. Ernie, last week got they they lost too, and you yeah, was going yeah, on them. Ernie got him a brush pan. Ernie got him some 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 uh, disinfecting wipes and cleaned up his mess, though. Harold, you what? was dogging them out. They lost two. Only oh, lost two games. Two, Alabama's is like relax. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And Harold's defense, though, those were terrible losses, though. Especially they the Philadelphia were. game. That Sixers was really one bad. was unexcusable. That was the yeah. one that was right. I mean, like I said, that was right off of the, like, and they have the extended All-Star break now. So, like, I think this might only be, like, the second year that it was this long. might have been the first. So that's something new them getting used to. That's that's That was the whole thing on the Philly joint. Jazz, Jazz is a good team. And and, and Gordon was cooking, yeah, like, jazz, like you said. Yeah, yeah. How how big is the Bajoran pickup though? Bro, is oh, he man. is he proven to be worth a first round pick? Man, oh, he cooking. Man. He cooking, dog. We he's that score that we we were coveting off the bench. You know, like we were talking about, you know, why we didn't get um what's what's his name out in Houston? Um the oh, one uh, from the Lou, Lakers. Lou, uh, Lou yeah. Lou, Lou Williams? Yeah, 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 Williams, Bama's uh, mentioned uh, Swaggy and all these, man. Bro, oh, no Ooh. Swaggy on this network, though. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you know sir. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, man, he, he's been he's been killing off of the bench, man, giving us much-needed production and then outside shooting, especially in this new NBA. So, yeah, that's definitely been been a top-notch pickup. Like, er- Ernie, Ernie, oh, this might be Otto Ernie's handle. best stretch, though, between last year. I ain't to watch how Otto has handled the transition because he's cutting into his minutes. But I haven't seen him be disgruntled. Like, it's just a new Wizards team, though. Yeah. These Batman's love playing together. Brandon Jennings look, looking sharp. Yeah. Like, definitely an upgrade from, from uh, Ty Burke. Oh, my. Oh, Trey on. Burke. He's, that's huge. That bomb. Yeah. Trey Burke. But the thing is, though, Harold, you was y'all hating on Jennings because you thought he was going to be a black hole. But you were thinking about Brandon Jennings from Milwaukee, not like Brandon Jennings after that. Because even in New York, he, he he showed that he could actually be like a regular point guard and not just try to score every single time he had the ball. And he showed that the other night when they when they um had that comeback win against um who they play, Aaron, on that comeback win. They were down by 17. Oh, was it uh, Orlando? Orlando, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Orlando. Yeah, so, hey, for a hey, um, Bono, yeah, that Bama's three ball is if he's open, bro, it's cookies. He was looking like yeah. Pager Stojakovic out there. Yes, I couldn't believe he it. was looking like Pager, yeah. you know, just like him. Like, give him a little bit of cash. This Bama might be better, though. This Bama is no, whoa, whoa, stroking nah, it down. Nah, 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 See the high Pager is back in action. <laughs> Yeah, Harold is the king of high The Bama, the Bama is frying, dog. Bama coming off the bench, putting up twenty-seven. But that's what I'm saying. That don't constitute eight seasons, dog. Like, slow your roll. That's, that's like a that's like a, a Gentry talk, talking about Kawhi, like Jordan out here. Compared, I'm like, chill out, dog. Like Kawhi, Kawhi probably might be the third best player in the league now, but Jordan, dog, like, stop yeah, it. Yeah. And you coach in the NBA, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So he, anyway. I, I would give Kawhi being the best two way two way guard in the league, but I wouldn't ever put him on. But he not he 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 more like a forward though. He a three. He not he can guard the twos, but like he not really a, a guard though. Like he he he's really a forward like Bron and KD and them like yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah at six yeah. eight. And people love giving LeBron like a lot of defensive credit, so don't attack my next statement. He's a great off-ball defender. I don't think LeBron's a great on-ball defender. Kawhi Leonard might be the best on-ball defender, especially on the perimeter in the league. Like, his ability to move his hips for somebody that size and not necessarily have to kind of, like, send his man to the bigs all the time. Just defensively, he's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's no no question uh, he's the best uh, on-ball defender. And then... the best probably defender. I mean, then you would say Draymond Green. Plus, LeBron's in his 14th year. So that always has to be factored in. It's like, Bama's forget how long he's been playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really think about it because he still is like number two in minutes and all this craziness. But uh, I think over the years due to that, like his on-ball defense has uh, has definitely declined. But like you said, he still has off-the-ball defense. Yeah. still the passing lanes, chasing down on the blocks. Yeah, he's still grade A with and that. And then can still score 30 points on the yeah. offensive end. And a lot of times, if you play that much defense and that well at defense, 
you don't have enough legs left to to score on offense. Right. Well, that's that's what they that's what they train you to to say and think. But the reality of it is, we know in in the era of basketball that we grew up, them guys did both. Jordan did both. No problem. No one complained about it. No one said, "Oh, I had to give all my energy on on offense, so I can't play no D." Like to me, that's like the most ludicrous thing. Like or one of the most ludicrous things that I hear about today's basketball. I'm like, "Yo, are you serious?" Like first of all, and players rest game. They sit out games and stuff nowadays that they didn't do. So Never. why the why can't you Ever. play on both ends of the uh, of the ball? You know what I'm saying? It's the only sport where literally you like one player can affect so much outcome. You know what I mean in the game because it's only ten total players on the court. So the fact that you would just take one side of the ball off is is ridiculous. I think Iverson was the first one to kind of bring that. As long as you get buckets on offense. It's okay if you're not great on defense, kind of like momentum into the league. And then you followed it up with guys like Steph and stuff like and uh, Harden. It's like this generation of players coming up, like they don't take pride. Like I know it's different than the NBA, but if I'm playing ball and Alabama scoring me, I'm going to feel some type of way. Like these guys don't take pride in guys not scoring on. It's just like, okay, I'm going to get a bucket on the other end. So it's all right. I think I think the thing with kind of what happened with Iverson is, uh, you know, it was more so about size than anything, you know, yeah, in terms definitely. of like, you know, so because obviously he was still an amazing uh, uh, passing lane defender, just like how Steph gets a lot of steals. But he had a lot of steals. Yeah, you're right. It was that yeah. passing lane. Yep. But, yeah, but, but he was yeah, too small. Ball, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, uh, Isaiah Thomas has the worst defensive uh, rating in the league, but that's a lot to do with his size, you know. So it is what it is. But like on on that offensive end, like you be cooking, but it's no excuse like for like somebody like Harden when you're that big. Like anybody that's right. that size, like like stop it, dog. <laughs> are the uh, are the Wizards getting going to the Eastern Conference Finals? Is that is that stamp now? Well, I would say this. I I I, I wouldn't. I don't want to go that far this this early because I don't know what's going to happen in terms of health. You saw what happened to Bogut or whatever, anything that happened. Because Bradley Beal hurt his ankle last game. But he still played, and I was impressed. Bradley Beal played through that injury. And he was limping. He played through it, and he still played tough. But they have a great... They're only three games behind right now, Boston, for the number two spot. And Boston's in, like, a slight rough patch right now, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... Right now, what I'm saying is, I think the Wizards are going to be the second seed in the East. That's what I would say. I don't know about Eastern Conference Finals, but as of right now, that's I, a bold yeah. prediction right there. If I mean, they I can up- see it. It could definitely happen. I mean, like, like think about it. Like like you say, we, we right there on the hills of Boston. I, I feel as though like we could be Boston even if we didn't have home court advantage. Right. I I would I would prefer not to have to face uh the Cavs until the Eastern Conference Finals. So That's the key. Definitely staying out of that four spot, you know, <laughs> would be a good look. <laughs> so As long as they avoid the Cavs in the playoffs, I don't feel like it matter who they play or where they play. They'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. If they end up on that side with the Cavs, then you might as well wrap it up cuz it's over. Oh, man. Uh, lastly on the docket, would you say, D? No, I just can't believe you're saying that the Wizards, the Wizards, number two seed, Easter Conference Finals. It's a new day. Goodness. It's a new day. Ernie Grunfield, five-year extension. No, uh, Keith Thurman beats Danny Garcia. Who saw the fight? Uh, I saw it. I yeah. watched it. What did you think? Was it was it called fairly or was it a little funny business? Nah, it was definitely called fairly, and I thought it was a, actually a really good fight. Um, it, it showed that Garcia struggles with speed, and he doesn't have a lot of speed. And um, so Thurman's speed kind of overwhelmed Garcia, and, and, and Thurman came out like the first three rounds, and he put those rounds in the bank. Like, he came out and put the pressure on him and, and you know— threw more punches in him and made sure that he got those early rounds so at the end he won the fight and the one judge calling it it shouldn't have been a split but it was a home it was home team cooking you know what I'm saying because they were in Garcia's you know what I'm saying in, in New York so uh, but it, it shouldn't have been a split it, it was a good fight and it was close but it wasn't a split fight I mean Thurman clearly won the, won the fight dog pray for me dog pray for me <laughs> about this Jones. 
Young, uh, we can spend 60 seconds on the Capitals, though. These Bama's frying. 13 uh, game winning streak just got ended. All right, that's it for hockey. Um, <laughs> if you want to give uh, my man, you know, Bogut, that's right, you already know, getting injured already, just came oh, back. Oh, that Bama knees. Spaghetti had sauce a, had a free that's, that's what you get, man. Trying to join the Cavs, dog. How you going, John? Like you was right there in the finals, and, and uh, you know hated him, and then you going to jump on him the next year, like because hey, he got, he got Yeah, I he, mean it was it wasn't the finals though. Like I don't know. I did mid mid season too. Like not like a whole year. I wouldn't even really thought nothing of it to join for the whole year. But it's like, oh yeah, let me let me go to them. Like you could have picked a bunch of teams in the playoffs. You do already have a title. So yeah, I don't know. That's just me. I think he wanted to have the best chance to get revenge on the Warriors because they let him go or traded yeah. him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the universe smacking him upside his head for turning down <laughs> an extra three million dollars. Yeah. What was that? I mean, that's just come on, man. Millions? He turned down millions. Yeah, he on. He on that rock, dog. Get him out. Real quick, they said that uh, Adrian Peterson is currently eyeing the Raiders and the Seahawks. So Craig he uh, ends up in Seattle. Oh my goodness! Yeah, if he ends up in Oakland with that O line. They got the second best O line next to Dallas in the NFL. Period. Uh, uh, follow us at BOK Sports 980 uh, follow us on iTunes IG all that good stuff um, what else young I ain't getting no shots up so you free agency that. free agency go ahead dog no I'm just Ooh. saying we ain't talking it started we can today we get back to that it starts today. Nah, we can, get into, today. we can get into that next week because we're going to have some signings and Redskins going to be doing some funny business and then we'll be able to like, backtrack and then really go through that. So we're going we're gonna to slate that for the back end. But uh, that's our show, yeah. Hey, just to put the cut in here, Black Black, Aaron, how did that, uh, how did that, what's the name go, that conference call joint? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the dream was solid. Uh, I got it recorded for y'all. Um, I used the uh, with the Adobe. Uh, I can't think of the name of the damn. Booth. Uh, what's uh, it called? Audition. Uh, yeah, Adobe Audition. And I yeah. recorded most of it once Harold said that the uh, the call was locked. But it sounds promising. You know, everything they were saying. They, I mean, they were saying all the right things. So it's just a matter of um, getting that money in. I need to get paid. Yeah, I, I don't even know what y'all are talking about. You know, Bama's gonna be telling me nothing, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, dog? You gotta log on to Facebook, man. Dog, I'll be, yeah, I don't That's where our negotiations take place on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, not the golf Big course. Money deals, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out, dog. I, I need the life alert jump, dog, before yeah, I pass out. Harold you know. said like 10 oh. words the whole podcast. <laughs> I knew he was sick. Mm hmm. You can tell. (laughs) Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about it. Let me speak! How does that feel? How does that feel? Do 